0: Please stand by. Your conference is ready to begin. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Bombardier third quarter 2020 earnings conference call. Please be advised that this call is being recorded. At this time, I'd like to turn the discussion over to Mr. Patrick Gauche, Vice President Corporate Strategy and Investor Relations for Bombardier. Please go ahead, Mr. Gauche.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bombardier's earnings call for the third quarter ended September 30th 2020. I wish to remind you that during the course of this call, we may make projections or other forward-looking statements regarding future events or the financial performance of the corporation. There are risks that actual events or results may differ materially from these statements. For additional information on forward-looking statements and underlying assumptions, please refer to the MDNA. I am making this cautionary statement on behalf of each speaker on this call. With me today is our mm-hmm. President and Chief Executive Officer, Eric Martel, and our Chief Financial Officer, John DeBert, to review our operations and financial results for the third quarter of 2020. I would now like
2: to turn over the discussion to Eric. So, thank you, Patrick, and uh, good morning, everyone, and thank you for, uh, for joining us uh, this morning. As you know, uh, the COVID pandemic continue to have a broad and deep impact on the global economy and in our industries. Despite these challenges, I am encouraged by our progress and by the market stabilization we've seen in the third quarter. While there is still a great deal of uncertainty as to the path and timing for a full recovery, I am proud of how our teams absorbed the initial impact of the pandemic and how we quickly adapted to the new reality. This includes taking all the actions necessary to protect the health and safety of our employees and communities, and working together with our customers and suppliers to not only navigate through the crisis, but also to prepare for the recovery and to build momentum as we complete our strategic repositioning to a pure-play business aviation company. On that, one that is capable of delivering solid financial performance in any market conditions. Of course, none of this would be possible without the hard work and dedication of our incredible people. So this morning, I want to thank our employees for their ongoing support and dedication to the company, to each other, and to our customers during this extremely challenging period. Throughout the pandemic, our people have risen to all challenges, and that continued in the third quarter as we made solid progress on each of our priorities. This includes securing additional liquidity with a new billion-dollar senior-secured credit facility, keeping our strategic transaction moving forward, and taking the right action to improve cash performance, which remains our IS financial priority. Notwithstanding the uncertainty created by the pandemic, we are continuing to target break-even cash flow for the second half of the year as we achieve key milestone and ramp-up deliveries across the business. At Aviation, we delivered 24 aircraft in the third quarter, including a record eight Global 7500. Global 7500 deliveries are expected to further accelerate in the fourth quarter to approximately a dozen, a 50% increase over the third quarter. This delivery acceleration during the second half of 2020 demonstrates our continued progress ramping up the program toward a more stable delivery profile. The high level of deliveries concentrated in the last six months of the year will outpace orders as we execute on our multi-year backlog. As we look at the market overall, we are confident that we took the right action earlier this year to realign our production rate to reflect the COVID impact, as we expect the market to remain stable for at least the next year. Long-term, the emerging trends are more encouraging. Pre-owned inventory level remains healthy, and we're seeing signs of new interest in private air travel and DNN's safety it provides. In the third quarter, order activity improved significantly over Q2, especially for our challenger aircraft with their market-leading reliability and performance. From an af- aftermarket perspective, with utilization rates now overing 85% of pre-COVID level, we're seeing some impact on our smart part program. However, all service centers are operating at near-normal capacity, and longer term, we still see aftermarket as a strong growth opportunity. To position ourselves to capture that growth, we've recently taken a number of actions. These include reaching an agreement to acquire full ownership of our Berlin service center, partnering with Jetex to establish an enhanced FBO experience as part of our Singapore expansion, establishing a new service center in Australia and appointing new leadership to oversee our multiple expansion projects, including our Beganil facility in London. At transportation, our focus has been on improving project management and making the business more predictable. With our new project management office firmly in place, we are making steady progress implementing the right tools and process to better manage commercial and technical requirements. This will provide greater visibility, better resource planning, and lead to more predictable predictable results. While the impact of these efforts is most visible on early stage projects, we're also seeing improvement on our legacy projects, including our large contract in the UK and Germany, where we expect delivery to accelerate in the fourth quarter. We also expect to see an acceleration of new order as transit agencies begin to look beyond immediate COVID-related operating issue and a work contract necessary to support their long-term requirement. With respect to our strategic divestitures, we remain very much on schedule. The sale of our Aerostructure business closed last week, and the definitive agreement we signed with AUSTOM in September and the approval of their shareholder last week put us on a solid path to close the BT sale in Q1 2021. This of course assumes the the few remaining regulatory approvals are received in time. With the sale of Bombardier transportation nearly completed, we're looking forward to our future as a pure play business jet company. And I wanna spend some time this morning talking about our strategy and path for creating stakeholder value. Today, I'll give you a high level overview. And early next year, After the BT transaction closes, we'll host an analyst day where we'll provide a detailed plan, updated market outlook, and give you an opportunity to meet, hopefully in person, with the leadership team. Again, we are very excited about our future as a more focused company and about the opportunities to grow our aftermarket business and leverage our industry-leading product portfolio. At the same time, we are fully aware of the challenges we face. This includes significant pandemic-created headwinds. Our company, like most aerospace and transportation companies, took a big hit in 2020. Business jet delivery, while recovering at a much faster rate than commercial aircraft deliveries, are still down by more than 30%. And as I said earlier, we expect it will take a year to recover to pre-COVID levels. Looking at the number, the financial impact of the pandemic is roughly 2.25 billion on liquidity. This means we'll start operating as a pure-play business jet company with 4.5 billion of net debt, versus the 2.5 we estimated when we announced the BT cell. Addressing this challenge is going to require two things. First, we'll need an effective debt management strategy one that minimizes interest costs, while creating runway to execute our strategy. Second, we're going to have to learn how to operate profitably in the current market condition. In other words, we need to have a cost structure and a backlog that allows us to make money at a current market condition delivering 100 to 120 aircraft a year. With these two actions, we ensure a sustainable business in the near term and better position the company for profitable growth when the market turns. After conducting extensive deep dives into BA's operation, the opportunity and path forward is clear. While the company has undertaken a number of restructuring actions over the past few years, the truth is we still have an infrastructure designed to support twice the capacity of the current market this needs to be addressed and we are already taking actions this include establishing a new transformation office to bring a clean sheet mindset to address our cost structure this will be a comprehensive company-wide initiative it is about re-envisioning how we operate ensuring that we have the right scalable infrastructure to support growth at a much lower cost And finally, it's about building a company that can deliver stable and predictable returns. We look forward to talking in details about our plan for achieving this goal and our debt management strategy at the next year's Analyst Day. Okay, let me stop here and turn it over to John to discuss detail of the third quarter result and the fourth quarter outlook.
3: Over to you, John. Thank you, Eric, and good morning, everyone. We've made good progress over the last few months towards our goal to reshape our balance sheet. Starting with the implementation of the HPS loan to bridge short-term liquidity needs resulting from the pandemic. To closing the Aerostructures and CRJ transactions, thereby fully exiting commercial aviation. And, importantly, the signing of the SPA with Alstom, now supported by their shareholder vote. These achievements move us closer to becoming a more focused business aviation company and provide flexibility as we look to align our capital structure to our strategic and operating plan going forward while we are still assessing the optimal deployment strategy for the proceeds of the sale of bt our goal is clear we seek to strike the right balance between maintaining financial flexibility to operate the business through a recovery and minimizing our debt service costs to achieve this goal in the current post-pandemic Uh, post-COVID environment, we will need some time and therefore one objective will be to create the appropriate debt maturity runway. This this additional time will allow us to realign our cost structure with current markets, to generate cash even with low volumes, to fully realize the earnings potential of the Global 7500 by progressing on the learning curve, and finally, to leverage our best-in-class products and services to benefit from growth as market conditions recover. We are confident that achieving these objectives in the next two to three years will provide the business with a stronger financial foundation. More on this as we will close the BT transaction early next year. Turning now to Q3 results which reflect COVID-related disruptions gradually subsiding and business returning to more normal operations. Total revenues reached $3.5 billion, split $2.1 billion at BT and $1.4 billion at BA. For aviation, these revenues include 24 business aircraft deliveries, a lower delivery count over the prior year, given product, production rate adjustments. Highlighting this quarter's results in business aircraft is a 10-year year-over-year revenue—is excuse me—a 10% year-over-year revenue growth. This is driven by the significant dollar contribution of eight Global 7500s delivered, partially offset by the lower services revenue due to reduced flight activity impacted by COVID-19. Against the second quarter, this growth represents a 23% revenue increase for business aircraft. Finally, the wind down of commercial aviation activities following the completion of the sale of the CRJ program in the second quarter also impacted comparability of results versus Q3 2019. At BT, revenues for the quarter, excluding currency translation, were 5% lower year over year, as BT operations gradually recover from disruptions due to the COVID-19 pandemic. On earnings, total adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was 176 million and the adjusted EBIT was 51 million. At BA, quarterly adjusted EBITDA and adjusted EBIT margins of 8.1% and 1.4% respectively, reflect lower volumes, lower service revenues, combined with lower contribution of early global 7,500 units as we progress down the production learning curve. At BT, adjusted EBITDA and EBIT margins were 43 and 2.9%, reflecting an unfavorable rolling stock contract mix with approximately a third of revenues not contributing to earnings. While this is significant, a number of these major contracts are moving past the engineering and homologation phase and into fleet acceptance and regular delivery phase, which should reduce future variability of results. Our consolidated free cash flow usage was $706 million for the quarter. While BT free cash flow was nearly break-even, Aviation's working capital increased in preparation for the sequentially stronger aircraft deliveries anticipated in the fourth quarter. The new $1 billion secured facility was set up to support this seasonal surge in inventory, particularly as we accumulated excess inventories ahead of our production rate reductions due to COVID. Worth highlighting is the approximately $170 million of cash usage during the third quarter to RVGs and the wind down of the reverse factoring facility used over prior years to wrap up the 7500. In some respect, these outflows can be considered non-recurring and the paydowns do reduce non-trade liabilities. Also included in our Q3 cash burn is approximately $170 million of cash interest costs and corporate expenses. These cash costs would be expected to reduce materially once we deploy the proceeds from the sale of BT and downside our corporate overhead. As we enter the final quarter of 2020, pro forma liquidity remains strong at approximately $3 billion when including the proceeds received last week from the sale of the Aerostructures business. And we continue to manage our business towards free cash flow breakeven for the second half of the year. This implies approximately $700 million of cash generation in the fourth quarter. This would further strengthen year-end liquidity, mainly driven by the release of working capital. At BA, this expected working capital release comes from peak seasonal deliveries, including accelerating global 7500s, which are offsetting lower aircraft volumes on remaining platforms. Overall. However, BA's Q4 cash flows are expected to be lower than last year, as we anticipate approximately $160 million free cash flow headwind coming from the wind-down of the remaining reverse factoring facility balance. At BT, while Q4 margins are expected to remain low, free cash flow generation is expected to be in line with prior years as we catch up on key projects with accelerated deliveries. Strong order intake should also be an important contributor to transportation's fourth-quarter cash flows. With $672 million of cash on its balance sheet as of September 30th, and with anticipated cash generation in Q4, BT should be in the position to fully repay its revolver by year-end and leave enough cash on its balance sheet to redeem, by the time we close the sale to Alstom, a large share of the equity injections made earlier this year. When factoring those redemptions, we expect to be within a couple of hundred million dollars of the year-end minimum cash condition in the SPA with Alstom. As such, we continue to expect the net proceeds from the BT sale to be approximately $4 billion. This said, we are mindful of the continuous evolution of the pandemic and any large-scale lockdowns could negatively impact our expectations. Before I conclude, a few words on the significant changes to our financial statements following the signing of the SPA with Alstom for the sale of transportation. Based on the SPA and the positive shareholder vote in support of Alstom's acquisition of BT, we now report BT as discontinued operations. Our balance sheet position and results are now segregated, giving investors a clearer view of of Aviation's balance sheet. This increased visibility shows that other than retained RVGs, aviation carries limited trade liabilities. I also want to take this opportunity to mention that the continued operations results reported today are not representative of future earnings. They include the full corporate costs, including both BA and BT, and the debt service costs of the current capital structure before any debt paydowns as we reshape the capital structure and address our corporate cost structure, these charges are expected to reduce significantly, improving future earnings. To wrap up, we're moving closer to becoming a pure play business aviation company. We have and continue to surmount the challenges caused by the pandemic and have secured the liquidity to do so. There are key actions and decisions to take in the coming months, and as we converge on the right strategy, we will look to create a sustainable business that can create long-term value. With that operator, we're ready for our first question.
0: Thank you. If you have a question, please press star one on your touchstone telephone. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift your handset and then press star one. Should you wish to cancel your question, please press the pound sign. To allocate time for all participants, please limit yourself to one question and one follow-up. Our first question is from Miles Walton from UBS. Please go ahead.
4: Yeah, thanks, good
5: morning. Um, I was wondering if you could maybe talk about the, the needs for investment of of uh, BA after as a pure play standalone. And Eric, I know you mentioned the, the facilitization about twice the size you need for that 100 to 120 per year aircraft production but but more on the investment side and the, and the engineering and, and the R&D um, I guess I'm thinking that the business maybe needs still uh, you know 150 to 200 million dollars of capex and R&D is that the right number or is it significantly higher or lower
2: so maybe uh, me back and take that one John if you're okay um, so so thanks Mark for, for, for your question um, you know, our product portfolio right now has been refreshed, of course, and I think we feel very comfortable with where we are. Um, and and this being said, we, we will definitely keep cer- certain investment light for the next few years. You know, we're thinking somewhere around uh, a, a couple of hundred million dollars. We will provide debt reduction to position, you know, for, for future, uh, you know, investment, of course. Uh, this is going to be our priority, uh, but clearly we will uh, continue to target investment equal to depreciation in, in, in the long run. But um, I would say that today, uh, I think we we feel pretty good. You know, our, our you know complete global brand has been refreshed very recently. You know, with the introduction, of course, of the 7500, 6500, and 5500, and um, and uh, that's going to be important. So. Uh, yes we're thinking of other products some some refresh on product but uh, you know uh, o- over the next few years i think we'll definitely be concentrating uh, you know our
5: effort on uh, on debt reduction okay and and just to maybe a follow up on this 100 to 120 aircraft per year is that a is that a level that you're trying to be break even against on a free cash flow basis and how quickly can you get there
3: Miles, I guess um, you know for us uh, the 100 to 120 uh, aircraft expectation kind of consistently uh, matches to where we see the environment today, and I think that um, you know the, uh, the the real focus there is going to be on cost reduction, um, and so the the goal for us is to uh, to target significant cost takeout uh, over the next uh, year uh, or so, so that it allows us to uh, to find a way to be uh, uh, at least at those levels, break even or better. You know. Uh, All right, thank um, you. Um,
2: yeah, we've talked about cost reduction program, and, and clearly, you know, I'm I'm directly leading this initiative right now. Uh, we've kicked it off, uh, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just to give you the magnitude, we have probably about a 100 people working at every one of those initiatives right now to make sure that we have we are moving fast and that we understand exactly where we're going to be uh, making those gains. So we're making, uh, we're moving at full speed. Um, we are very structured in our approach right now. Uh, and, and, and you know, we have seven work streams covering all elements of the cost base uh, that we have. Okay, thanks again. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Our following question is from Walter Spratlin from RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
4: Hi, good morning. This is Ryle Stroud calling in for, for Walter from RBC. Um, just, just to start off, are you, are you seeing evidence that corporations are, are starting to direct more dollars towards business jets as a result of COVID-19 and in an effort to have executives maybe avoid commercial travel? And, and is, that, is that trend in the Q4 delivery acceleration that you're expecting? So let me
2: say it. Uh, clearly, you know, we've seen uh, some uh, enthusiasm in the market recently. Uh, clearly, there is a, a new customer coming in, not really in the corporate world yet, but mainly uh, so far, I would say more, uh, you know, I, I network individuals that are buying our airplane. Some people that we've never talked before, but at, at the same time, I think we've seen uh, mainly also across the board all the fleet operators, you know, uh, seeing uh, a lot of new people coming. Uh, to them to buy uh, you know different program that they are offering so there is clearly um, you know a uh, new customer coming to our business either directly or indirectly via the fleet operator so this is encouraging and i think you know a lot of them are, are of course concerned about flying commercial so that's why probably we see a, a, a much faster pickup in our industry right now compared to commercial aircraft
4: Okay, that's 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 helpful. Um, and then, and then you you commented in uh, or commented that the acceleration of deliveries in the second half of 2020 is expected to outpace orders in the near term um, in the MDNA. But but from what you can tell right now, do you, do you see the first half of 2021 deliveries exceeding what was done in the first half of 2020?
2: I think right now what we uh, what we are, we're seeing is if we've adjusted the rate this year. And as I said earlier, you know, we are planning to keep those rates, uh, you know, going into 2021. And, um, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, how, how fast the market recover. You know, it's important in this industry to have, you know, a good backlog. Uh, in some program, you know, we want to refill the backlog. And we're taking the opportunity of having the rate down and the market being, you know, uh, you know good right now and, and picking up, uh, you know, at a, at a good pace. To uh, refill backlog, keep the rate lower, and we need to figure out our in, our company to be able, as I said, to make money, be profitable with a, a 100 to 120 airplane. And when the market picks up, we need to have also build the agility to be able to to come back, you know, and, and increase the rate when the market will will allow us to do that. So uh, that's that's what we're uh, we're we're heading
4: for uh, for next year. Okay, thanks a lot. That's it for me. I'll uh, I'll pass the line.
0: Thank you. The following question is from Seth Seifman from J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead.
4: Uh, th- thanks very much, and uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I-, I was wondering, uh, you know, when when you talk about the the increased um, demand from fleet operators, you know, which segment uh, you-, you see that impacting the most in terms of the the size. Of the jets,
2: I would say right now we've seen clearly um, activity in the uh, in the uh, in the medium segment, uh, but also in the large segment. Uh, So I would say uh, between these two, right now we've been uh, seeing activity.
4: Okay, Um, and then just as a quick follow-up, John, when when you know, all is said and done, exiting um, structures and NBT. Um, how should we think about the remaining uh, pension obligation for the aviation business?
3: Yeah, thanks, Seth. Good question. So, um, you know, we, uh, another tough year. I mean, it seems that it, it's been perpetual now for the better part of a decade. It's not more that uh, the rates have been uh, tough on pension plans. Uh, we started the year, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of probably one and a quarter billion when we did the deal. And um, today, I'd say that, you know, if you look through the uh, the results, you'll see about a $1.6 billion liability. About a billion foreign change, I think, is the deficit on the plan itself. And then there's some uh, post-retirement uh, uh, other uh, benefits and things that we have on the balance sheet for maybe a couple hundred million. So all in, at this point, we're kind of 1-6. Uh, we'll see where things take us uh, as, I guess, uh, the world shakes out here over the next year. Um, but, you know, I think one... I'd say a uh, very positive uh, note maybe is uh, when we uh, completed a deal here with, uh, with our Belfast operations, uh, there was a significant uh, pension plan that uh, was long-dated there that we've been able to, uh, to move with the assets, and I feel very good about that because that was additional uh, volatility uh, on, on asset management. So think about $1.5 billion, more or less, uh, for uh, aviation.
4: Thanks very much.
0: No problem thank you A following question is from david strauss from barclays please go ahead
4: thanks good morning everyone good morning good morning David. i i think i heard you said future business jet will have four and a half billion in in net debt um i guess john can you just walk us from where you sit today i guess around eight billion in net debt to that four and a half billion dollar number i mean obviously all some proceeds are you know big big benefit but just walk us to that number thanks
3: yeah so I'll, I'll try to do it you know big picture here and then we can always talk after as well but if you uh, if you just think today we're about 9.3 i think it is or so of uh long uh or a uh, high yield bond and then you've got uh, the hps facility that we've put in place is drawn about 750 so call that 10 just for math <clears throat> and um our, um, our expectations are that, uh, you know, as we said, uh, I guess from the beginning, about four billion dollars worth of cash available for uh, debt reduction from net proceeds of uh, BT. So that gets you down to let's call it six. Uh, expect to finish the uh, the year, all things considered, between you know one and a half and two billion of cash, something like that. So that's where we would probably uh, uh, hold it. So if you take the uh, the six minus that kind of one-and-a-half, uh, you know, plus, you're looking at about four-and-a-half. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to, just wanted to make sure. Um,
4: yeah. And, the, um, uh, Eric, the 100 to 120 uh, delivery level that you talked about targeting going forward, uh, what would you envision uh, G7500 um, accounting for within that number?
2: Uh, you know, this will be a, a, a significant part of, uh, of, uh, of, our, uh, of our delivery. Um, and, and we're talking about 35 plus uh, per year. So this would be uh, definitely what we would be targeting next year. As you know, we have a, a solid backlog on, the, on, on this platform, uh, uh, multi year. And, and of course, uh, next year, you know, targeting 35 to 40 is, is what we're targeting. So that would be a big part of our, uh, of our of the 100 to 120 that we've mentioned earlier. Thanks very much. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Following question is from Robert Spingarn from Credit Suisse. Please go ahead.
6: Hi. Good morning. Uh, I had a similar question to David's, but of the 100 to 120. If 35 to 40 are 7,500s, how do the rest shake out between the segments? So, of you know, the remaining 80, 85 aircraft in terms of large, medium, and light. And then, um, if, sort of longer term, if services is running around a billion a year now, aviation services. Uh, how, how do you think about that as a percentage of revenue long term, as you continue to expand the business?
2: You know, these are uh, are two good questions, uh, uh, Rob. So uh, let me start with the first one. Uh, In terms of uh, of rate next year, uh, I just mentioned 35 on on the global 7,500. And clearly there will be uh, another part of that that will be uh, significant on the remaining other global platform, which are, you know, doing extremely well market-wise. And, of course, you know, we will be continue to be in the market in the, uh, we are anticipating, to remain the market leader in the uh, mid-size segment, in the medium segment, uh, and, and probably a smaller number uh, on on the Learjet franchise for uh, for the, uh, the the light uh, light jet uh, business. So clearly, uh, you know, uh, strong uh, remains very strong on on the medium and on the large segment.
6: Okay, and then just as a quick uh, clarification. There was some commentary in the Aerostructures transaction about trade agreements favorable to Bombardier, and I think when we do the math, that we, we were thinking maybe that's uh, uh, about a hundred million dollars. But I wanted to check with you and see if we're reading through that correctly and what those favorable terms might be.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd say that uh, Rob, it's uh, you know something a little bit less than uh, probably a hundred million bucks when it's all said and done, and. It relates to the fact that, obviously, Spirit is going to be a critical uh, important partner to us in terms of uh, uh, supply agreement. And, you know, I would say something probably around 75-ish uh, is, uh, is kind of the, the, the value.
6: Okay. Thank you both.
3: No problem. And, and, Rob,
2: maybe on your second question that I did not answer, uh, on the aftermarket, clearly, uh, you know, we are uh, moving extremely quickly on, on this one. Uh, I've talked earlier about the growth path that we have, uh, you know, opening and growing our service center all around the world. And and clearly, we want this to be a much bigger piece, you know, within the next five years of our revenue. Uh, you know, we know that this is a very resilient business for us, and uh, we're going to be uh, definitely putting a strong focus uh, on, on growing that aftermarket business.
6: So if it's about 25% now, it could be maybe half in the future?
3: Half is a bit is a bit heavy uh, to be honest, but uh, you know we're uh, we're past a billion I think, or you know this year's gonna be a bit off because of the fact that you yeah, had two months kind of just almost uh, nothing happening with uh, the lockdowns. But you know, so I'd say that uh, getting to uh, getting to to half of revenue is probably uh, a, a big uh, a big order. Um, thinking big picture. I don't know, maybe um, closer to a third would be uh, kind of the, uh, the right spot for us, depending on, uh, on uh, aircraft delivery, uh, recovery over a few years.
6: Okay. Okay, thank you.
3: Welcome.
0: Thank you. The following question is from Cameron Dirksen from National Bank Financial. Please go ahead.
1: Uh thanks good morning. Uh, just want to come back to the uh, I guess the, the free cash flow question just looking at the year to date uh for aviation uh 2.2 billion in free cash flow usage. Obviously an unusual year this year, but maybe you can sort of talk uh, us through kind of the puts and takes of the free cash flow as we look ahead to 2021 and not necessarily wanting a you know a number for, for next year but just what what impacted this year specifically to aviation and you know from working capital or covid related things that we should not expect to see in 2021 so
3: the um, the, the total impact we uh, we estimate about two and a quarter billion uh for the business right and uh but uh it's a it's a, it's a pretty big hit to us and there's really I'd say two components that are, uh, are fundamental um, when you look at it. Right, uh, the orders uh, you go through. Uh, I mean, business jets. The business model is typically that uh, you work around the one-to-one book-to-bill. <clears throat> so as you deliver aircraft, you bring in supply chain and, and so on and so forth. You bring in new orders, and uh, that's you know that's been a, a big chunk of uh, of the, uh, the two billion or so that uh, we're off this year. And I'd say that that's probably split, you know, between BT and BA. Um, BA is the one that, uh, in a typical recession environment, you'd feel that BT would kind of sail through. It's kind of non-cyclical. But this year, because just a distraction and, uh, you know, it affected everything across the world. It also affected, uh, strangely enough, uh, also the the more uh, non-cyclical uh, BT environment. So think about that as being maybe you know up to a third of the uh, the two billion. And then for the other two-thirds, I mean, there's not a lot of uh, rocket science here. It's uh, it's the reason also we went out and and created the facility, particularly on the aviation side. You have supply chain coming in, uh, long lead time uh, components and parts. You've set the production rate at the higher levels than the market is able to give you in this environment. And so uh, where we would have been expecting to be probably 150 aircraft or more, we're looking something more like the 1 to 120 range. And so you need to deal with uh, that inventory influx. And uh, on the train side, you almost lost three months' worth of uh, production. I'm not saying that it was totally shut down, but, you know, the, the productivity levels. We have 70 factories around the world, and all that stuff does build up. So think about that as being another uh, almost billion and a half. And, um, and I would say that out of that billion and a half, you know, over a billion of it is in BA. Uh, BT kind of, uh, once you get the machine back up and running, we went through... Whereas at BA, you also have the uh, the end market impact. So uh, that's where the, the HPS loan comes in, uh, secured against the aircraft inventory. So I guess that's the bit of the color, but to summarize the answer, think about one-third of this against new orders, you know, about split between BA and BT, and then um, two-thirds of it on uh, working capital inventory accumulation, um, the fact that uh, we also on the BA side don't forget we had to wind down this uh, facility uh, that we have, which uh, kind of supported the ramp up of the 7,500. Uh, so with that, uh, you've got uh, I'd say you know almost a, a billion of uh, of working capital, and then the other 500 is on the uh, train side.
1: Okay, no, that, that that's helpful. And just just a quick uh, follow up uh, on the questions around the global 7,500 and deliveries. Can you just maybe talk about where we are on the learning curve? For that model, when do we get to kind of a more normal margin?
3: Well, I think that um, you know probably it improves every year, right? I mean, we've come a long way from the, the first units in '18 uh, through '19 as well. Uh, probably, if you look for normal margins, I would say 2023 is the right year. But I would say, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's better from here on in. Um, the uh, the aircraft. Uh, should start to be uh, uh, profitable um, as we get into uh, to 2021, and then certainly as every unit goes by, uh, starts to expand profitability. And I think it's going to be you know premium uh, margin for us
0: as we get past
3: the 2020.
1: Okay, thanks very much. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Our following question is from Noah Poponak from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead.
7: Hi. Good morning, everyone. Hey. Good morning, Noah. Just looking at the aviation segment, the business jet orders um, in the quarter and year-to-date, you know, I understand your comments that, um, you know, I guess you're delivering on the 7,500 and and it already had a backlog, so you're you're sort of working off the backlog there. But, um, you know, one, I would have thought, you know, maybe you could have some order activity on that, given that's uh, more more tilted to the part of the market that seems uh, stronger right now. And then even if I strip the 7,500 revenues out, you know, the book to bill is still, still pretty light. So um, is there any, any you know, competitive concern there or anything to take from that, or is it just, you know, too short a period of time to read into? Yeah.
2: So uh, so let me take a, a shot at this one now, and, and thanks for the question. Um, you know, the 75-round red right now, we are, uh, you know, we had a multi-year backlog. You know, we've sold them, a lot of those airplanes in 2012, 13, 14, as we launched the program. So clearly, right now we are uh, you know uh, uh, delivering that backlog. Uh, of course, we did not have much availability ahead of us for another couple of years, which is you know for most of the customer, they'd like to get their airplane, you know uh, you know ideally, you're in an eighteen to twenty four month period, um, which we're more than that right now. That's one of the reasons why we uh, we actually you know uh, discuss with a customer and, um, and uh, you know, uh, uh, which had 12 airplanes in 2023. So those airplanes are becoming back available to us right now, giving us the opportunity to, uh, you know, do better margin on those airplanes because they were at a launch price. Uh, and, 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 of course, you know, uh, making availability for 2023 uh, is becoming important in 21. So um, so I guess all this being said, I think, our, uh, you know, we feel... And And you know this is a little bit what you know we were saying earlier. This year, you know we were going into the year altogether, you know with certain assumption. Of course, uh, our assumption <laughs> did not work out after the end the, after the month of March in terms of delivery. And as you know, in our industry, we make decision to build airplanes like almost a year before. Uh, and uh, and then we had that inventory uh, that we needed to take care of. So we've done the right thing. We've reset the rate right away. So that's why I feel much more confident that going into 2021, you know, we have the rate, uh, you know, lower uh, and we are being prudent here. And if the market picks up as we think it's going to be, then we're going to be in a position to refill backlog and and on all platforms. So um, and eventually, you know, if the market comes back, then uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, you know, when we feel that we have the right level of backlog, then we could consider an acceleration. But I think we are being prudent. Uh, I think we want to make sure that, you know, we're not going to sacrifice also pricing of our product by building too many airplanes. And that's been the, that's our, our strategy moving forward.
7: <clears throat> that's helpful. And then just, John, on um, standalone aviation free cash flow, uh, is 2021 positive or negative? And can you speak to, you know, the longer term without putting a year on it, free cash flow? margin potential of that business
3: yeah i think no you know i'd, I'd love to but i think it's uh, better served for uh, early next year um i think in terms of any commentary on uh, on 21 or long-term plan i'll let uh, uh, the team uh, complete all of uh, of our work here and um over the next couple of months i think uh, we'll be able to give uh, you guys clarity including uh, what eric mentioned which is a very active uh, uh, focus now on uh, cost uh, reduction and cost takeout. <clears throat> I think that uh, you know getting a good read on what the uh, the aftermarket will look like next year is important as well. It has recovered well, uh, but still not at levels that uh, I would say you know would be equal to 2019. Uh, so those are all important uh, elements of what um, what I think we want to read uh, into uh, 2021. Um, I would say that for now, uh, the real focus is going to be on completing the transaction that we have with BT, uh, deploying the, uh, the proceeds uh, effectively. As I mentioned in my comments, the balance uh, runway with, uh, with uh, interest cost reduction are going to be important to that kind of standalone aviation business. And then uh, also, uh, uh, including in the cost uh, adjustment, is going to be the overall uh, look at the size of... Uh, the overhead on the corporate side, and how that can improve uh, uh, relative to a, a smaller, more focused business. So not because I don't want to, uh, to give you a more precise number, but I think in, in fairness, those pieces need to be worked out. And then we'll have a sense for 21, but also, you know, hopefully uh, over the next couple of years, how the business then emerges as a cash-generating and, uh, and a solid profit business.
7: That is fair enough. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Our following question is from Konark Gupta from Scotiabank. Please go ahead.
5: Thanks, and uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, just wanted to good come morning. from uh, morning. Uh, I think uh, you guys said uh, you have uh, $1.5 to $2 billion cash at the end of this year. I uh, just wanted to get to the math behind that. Uh, I guess you have some uh, BT-related uh, cash settlements uh, before the, the deal closes with Alstom. So if you can uh, help us through what are the nuances in Q4 on cash uh, drain or cash payments that you expect, you know, obviously $700 million cash generation minus uh, what do you intend to pay for RVGs and BD settlements?
3: Well, let me just give you a little bit of a uh, simple breakdown, I guess. Uh,
5: <clears throat>
3: we uh, were we mentioned in our comments that uh, we expect to generate about $700 million of free cash flow. That's kind of what we're targeting. Uh, we burned 700 in Q3, and our, uh, our objective here is to try to break even on the second half as we stabilize the business. If you just kind of maybe just big picture, uh, think about uh, BT. Uh, last couple of years, about 600 million uh, uh, of cash generation in Q4. I think you know we'll be in the same ballpark this year as well. Um, I'd say that BA in the neighborhood of five to six hundred million of, of cash generation, probably uh, the right uh, spot. And that's a little bit lighter than the last couple of years on a comparative basis uh, for the BA franchise, but as we work through uh, the the lower production and so on. So think, you know, a a billion, one-ish or so uh, of cash from the two uh, operating units, just in terms of the business and the operating uh, output. Um, I mentioned also that we had, um, we were completing the pay down of this uh, reverse factoring facility. Uh, so that's kind of 160 million bucks. and then uh, interest uh, uh, cash uh, as well as corporate cost or just you know call it another two three uh, two, 230, 240 million. So let's just say 400 there. So you've got you know kind of a billion one or so of cash from the businesses, um, the, the pay down of the reverse factoring and the interest cost, uh, another let's say 400 negative. So that leaves you with about uh, 700 or so of the cash generation. RVGs have been complete in terms of this current year's impact. Uh, I think it was about 225, 230. That's fully paid down as of Q3, so there's no expected new cash outflows for Q4. And um, that positive 700 uh, would, uh, would uh, mitigate the, uh, I guess we're at 3.3 billion or so now, negative cash after uh, nine months. So that gets in the range of kind of like two seven or so, and uh, as I mentioned before, that, that two seven you got about two and a quarter. That's a COVID uh, direct impact, as I described earlier, and the remaining, you know, four hundred or so uh, is largely because of the uh, the charges we took earlier this year on BT and the uh, the related cash uh, affected impacts of those charges that we described uh, as being largely uh, uh, consumed this year. So that's kind of the uh, the breakdown of how uh, you know, we are where we are and where we're going uh, in the next 90 days.
5: Okay. That makes makes sense. Thanks for that. So it seems like uh, any, uh, any BT related uh, cash outflows uh, for, for equity redemptions and and other things will happen next year before, before the deal closes.
3: It depends. You know, I mean, I won't comment on that now only because we'll see how this whole thing plays itself out. I mean, uh, I would say that probably it's largely right, but it doesn't, it's not uh, the good news is we have flexibility, right? So these, uh, provided that all parties are kind of aligned that we can, uh, uh, depending on the cash on hand at BT and a whole bunch of other things, and even our, our, depending on what we'd like to do, it could either be before the end of the year or it can be early next year, uh, or it could be consistent with the transaction as well. And to be honest, I mean, I'm not, not overly stressed about that as long as the, uh, the liquidity is available and, uh, we're able to, uh, to, uh, out of all, you know, uh, net out the $4 billion, uh, of uh, proceeds. That's really where my focus is.
5: Okay, that makes sense. And second one for me, quickly. Um, on your disclosures uh, for continuing operations, just wanted to clarify uh, the aviation continuing operations still include the, the aerostructure business that you divested on October 30th, right? So what would be the free cash uh, year-to-date uh, for, for the aviation or business jet, excluding the, the divested assets on the aerostructure side?
3: Well, good question. I think that the um, you know the the uh, aerostructure business was already uh, uh, separated as uh, as discontinued operations because of the uh, the high probability of the uh, of the um, <clears throat> of the sale uh, as we close the quarter. So I'd have to get back it to. It was you. an asset held for sale. yeah, so maybe uh, maybe uh, maybe a follow-up call with Pat uh, and you guys can work through that. I don't want to give you a wrong answer.
5: Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I understand. I think, I think the revenues uh, included the aerostructure, structure. So I just wanted to make sure I get the free cash number right for, for continuing arms. but I'll follow up.
3: With I'll, I'll, if yeah. you can, please. Thanks. And I sure, think it wouldn't you. be material in the big picture, but uh, please follow up. So I don't give you a wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: No, okay. Thank you so much. Yep.
3: Yeah.
0: Thank you. Our following question is from Kai von Romer from Cohen. Please go ahead.
8: <clears throat> yes. Thanks so much. So, you know, if you, uh, start life as a standalone bizjet company with four and a half billion in net debt. It looks to me like your net debt will equal round numbers six times, you know, your your adjusted EBITDA in 21. In a capital-intensive business where you know the product lasts 15 years and then you have to refresh. You know, given that, any thoughts about combining, you know, doing a merger at some point with, uh, you know, one of your uh, sort of other peers south of the border? Because basically, that's a huge net debt to EBITDA. Given, you know, kind of the volatility in your business, the capital requirements over a longer term. Thanks.
2: Okay. So, um, so Kai, thanks for uh, for the question. So um, no, there's no consideration right now for uh, for any consolidation with uh, with uh, any people south the border at this stage. Uh, but uh, if I follow your map, uh, you know clearly, uh, and I mentioned that earlier, the the capital investment you know that are required to our platform in the next five years, I would say, will be very minimal because we've refreshed our product line pretty much across the board. Uh, we are still leading in, uh, in, uh, in the medium market segment. The global has been refreshed completely. So, so you have to make the assumption here that uh, this is going to be a, a low number uh, in the next coming years. Um, at the same time, to uh, improve our cash flow, I mentioned earlier, I need with the team here to resize aggressively our business to reflect what the market conditions are, so that this translates into EBITDA, this translates into cash flow, and, and we're going to be very aggressive. The other, I think, uh, area where we're going to improve significantly in the next 12 months is on our uh, 7500 program, you know, with, uh, as, M- as John mentioned earlier, uh, with, uh, you know, uh, the learning curve getting behind us, you know, with, uh, with the margin that, uh, you know, we were expecting when we, uh, we, uh, we launched the program. Our service business is growing. This is going to be another area where we're going to be uh, bringing uh, 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 also cash flow in, into our business. So all this together, uh, we have work to do, and, and exactly we understand the mission ahead of us. Uh, we need to, uh, to be uh, – we uh, we're going to have very aggressive target in our profitability. I feel pretty good today that those are achievable. I'm working, as I said earlier, in great detail with the team right now, manage the business prudently to be aggressive on cost reduction and at the same time managing our backlog so that we are uh, we are uh, we are also uh, managing our pricing uh, uh, you know uh, well so all this is uh, is is ahead of us we're working on this already of course uh, but we're going to have more to uh, communicate there uh, when we uh, see you at the uh, after the uh, allston closing transaction so uh, sometime in uh, in Tijuana the analysis.
8: So talking, right, about you. your op- talking about your opportunities, um, your report indicates that you have a lead customer for the 7,500 with 12 orders, that those may be canceled, and you will be able to sell them at a better price. Talk to us a bit about your backlog. Are there other opportunities like that in the backlog, and what kind of risks do you have near term that some customers you know, might have? Uh, might, might leave.
2: You know, so uh, so this is a good uh, good question. Uh, you know, I've mentioned the opportunity we had to uh, repatriate, and we we did make put it into action. Uh, you know, for uh, uh, delivery in 23, so that gives us plenty of time to sell these airplane at better pricing. But uh, in the meantime, you know, since the pandemic started, we had like very few cancellations. The good news is is the airplane is doing extremely well, and when we had cancellation on the 7500, five hundred, we have customers that are interested very quickly. so uh, so our backlog remains very solid, uh, you know, on that platform. You know, as the airplane is starting to deliver and we have uh, thirty one aircraft in service right now, uh, the airplane is showing up. Uh, people see the airplane, fly the airplane. And and the airplane is is performing extremely well. To be honest, better than expectation. We already have achieved, uh, you know, reliability number on the airplane that are exceeding, you know, what we committed to. And actually at the same level than, uh, you know, our other global platform and challenger. So we're pretty excited about the product. The product sells well. So when we had a couple of cancellations left and right, mainly due to pandemic, we were able to replace uh, with a new customer uh, uh, almost immediately. And, and again, the the opportunity in 2023 is welcome right now as uh, it will help us to improve our margin moving forward. Thank you, Kai. We'll uh, we'll
0: now go to
1: our uh, last question, please, operator.
0: Thank you. Our last question is from Marina perez Mora from Bank of America. Please go ahead. Good morning, guys. So, this good last morning. question is going to be more big picture. Uh, I wonder if you could discuss your thoughts on being a standalone business jet company in the future. How do you expect to deal with cyclicality and in particular with the downturns of the cyclicality?
2: Okay, no, this is a very good question and and you know we're working as we speak on the strat plan that we will share with you, and clearly um, we are uh, Aiming, and that's our goal right now, to make sure that a bigger portion of our revenue over the next, you know, coming uh, over the next five years, will come from businesses that are more resilient. Okay, Uh, and and you know, we've mentioned earlier, uh, of course, the uh, the uh, aftermarket business, which we've been growing and which where we have still a lot more potential to do. So we are, uh, of course, all focused on that, uh, on this. As you see, you know, with uh, the opening of uh, 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 multi-service center around the world, and at the same time, you know, uh, we are going to be also uh, pushing other businesses, you know, part of of our product portfolio, uh, using our product portfolio that are much more uh, also resilient. Uh, Thinking here of uh, more missionized aircraft, uh, as an example, being part of our portfolio. and and other opportunity that the market uh, uh, brings to us right now. So we'll bring more clarity to that. But clearly, we have in mind, uh, um, you know, a shift in our revenue over the next five years, which uh, uh, makes the uh, new aircraft portion, uh, you know, of course, still the most significant, but uh, with other businesses that are generating, you know, good cash flow and, and good margin. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. We have no further questions, but just at this time, back to you, Mr. Birch. Hey,
2: so so I want to thank you again for, uh, for joining the call this morning. We uh, appreciate your continuing interest in, uh, in Bombardier. As always, Patrick will be available if you have further questions about today's release. We look forward to talking with you again in the next quarter. Until then, uh, please stay safe and healthy, and thank you for uh, joining us again.
0: Thank you. The conference has now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time and we thank you for your participation. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.